Hey there, Jordan Klepper from The Daily Show and Comedy Central. Ever wonder what happens behind the scenes or want to catch some extended interviews? Well, now you can. Listen to The Daily Show Ears Edition podcast for full episodes, extended content, and a whole lot more. The Daily Show Ears Edition is available wherever you get your podcasts. You're listening to Comedy Central. Now hiring in an effort to boost recruitment due to the success of the Top Gun Maverick film starring Tom Cruise. Mm. The U.S. Navy has set up recruitment tables in the middle of motherfucking movie theaters. Really? Next to the Top Gun showings. That makes sense. That is actually smart. In an effort Mm -hmm. to capture new enlistees Mm -hmm. on the way out of the theater. Wow. That's low down. Yo. That's low down. That's like catching somebody right at the end of a propaganda. Like you just, you just got fed America fuck yeah for two and a half hours, and it's good fuck yeah, right? And then you walk out and they're like, you know what? Let's just take it a step further. Come on, come on, sign up for your country. Ooh, yeah, that's insidious. It's it's <laughs> it, like I don't want to say that it's wrong. But I will I get it. That shit get, wrong the hell. It's yes. They're running a business. Look, kids are the most impressionable things ever. So any 18-year-old walking out of there just saw Tom Cruise and the homie Bashir fly them planes and stuff and think to themselves, ooh, I want to do that too. That, that's, that's right for the picking, man. It's right for the picking. The original 1986 Top Gun movie was a box mm. office hit. It also created a 500% increase in applications to the Navy for the position of a fighter pilot. That's the part y'all gonna be shocked at. You're gonna walk out that theater mm-hmm. thinking that mm. you're gonna be a fighter pilot. Then you find out that you gotta be exactly yep. five foot nine between 137 mm-hmm. and 138 pounds precisely, and you can't gain another pound, can't lose another ounce. Your ass gonna be on a submarine for the next four years active, four years reserve, not because you wanted to save the country, nope. but because you was on a high from seeing a goddamn movie. Made you feel like a man. That's what men do. A goddamn oh, man. man. You sound like that Duluth commercial. Oh, man. <laughs> that was a good call, JT. If they set up a sugar daddy table outside of the strip club, I'd probably mm. sign up. Wait a minute. They do. They did you know that Magic City is across from the bus station? That's, that's recruiting. That's when women arrive. It's a short commute to their first day. I said so long to rain. I'm now stuck in the fucking Navy. Because I'm listed at a movie theater. My name is Roy. This is my job for I know we owe you an art week. We were supposed to get that last week. We're going to get to it. But you know, the Father's Day is around here. All right now. So I think this week, we want to talk about being a man. Nice. Beat your chest. Manhood is the theme this week. Jacqueline, I hope you don't mind me in third as we sit here like two goddamn men. Men. And pour whiskey into our gunshot wounds. Nice. And heal ourselves. And Smell and drink gasoline. Cordite. Flesh and leather is what you need in the days. Does it hurt? Because you sound like you're in pain. You're going to be a man. You don't understand the pain of being a man. Jacqueline, every day a man has got to provide for his family. 
and hide his feelings on the inside and never properly express them to his woman, even though she's there for him and really wants uh-uh. him to open up, but he doesn't. But he bottles it up inside, just like his goddamn daddy no. did. And he goes and finds a little pleasure in that bottle, and then he gets a stripper pregnant across town. Her name's <laughs> Jasmine, and she's going to keep the baby, even though you tried to Jasmine. talk her out of it. But you're in one of those states where the abortion laws are weird, so you got to be a man. Step up and take oh, care of your man. side, baby. It's manhood, Jack. Side, baby. You sound like the Duluth commercial. <laughs> Yo, you know, that's another thing about manhood in this country. We, first, we, we're going to talk to people in different quadrants that I believe are stepping up as men and doing things to help young <laughs> brothers and sisters get their lives in order. Mm. Homie T-Rex is going to be on the show today, a uh, hilarious comedian, but he sidelined his own yeah. career mm. to help foster the career of two or three of his children. One's a stellar singer and one and all, a hockey. I am about to say all four of his kids are doggone successful. Like, even the one that was yeah, the oldest let me was, not shade yeah, them. they were all. I mean, I'm trying not to rank them. That's why I said the singer first. I'm, if we ranking them, I'm ranking them. Rank the I can do that. I'm ranking this hockey player player. Don't rank the hockey kids. player. Don't rank I'm ranking kids. them. The hockey player. Don't make it. The hockey no, player. Because then he's going to be forced to rank them. And then no. it's going to start shit in his house. He can't do that. He's he's the dad. He can't do that in your own house. I can't rank my own no, he's children. Not. I can't rank Ralph over Jalen or Jalen over Ralph. I cannot do that. That is wrong. But in somebody else's house, I could definitely say, oh, yeah, that kid's going to be the winner. The rest of them, I don't know. So. <laughs> I ain't got no problem with that. I'm sorry. No. The hockey kid. That's why I'm thinking my money. How to dress, how to learn. We're going to talk about all these different facets of men Man. who I believe are contributing to some degree of man. And when I say manhood, Jacqueline, I mean just being a leader and being a positive influence. I don't mean in a stereotypical sense. Like what you just talked about, that Duluth trading company, the underwear commercial. <laughs> there is so much of an expectation of what I consider to be, I'm not going to say unfair expectations, but... The definition of what it means to be a man is so often defined by commerce. Mm. And I think that's a slippery slope because Mm -hmm. every commercial that tries to sell anything to a Mm. man, it's that deep voice Mm -hmm. cowboy. You're not a goddamn pussy, are you? Well, this beer is the beer, the Toyota Tacoma, rated number one truck of mm-hmm. goddamn bricks. Drop the bricks in the back of that pickup truck. You know, old spice. JG just said old spice, homie, and I and I was thinking that you're right. Some of some of the ads do play on the fact you either get this or you're a pussy. Like that's sure all does. of the of the pickup truck commercials that exist. But then old spice, I got to give their marketing team a little bit of credit because like they really do try and make it funny and be sensitive like the, the, the commercial with Dion Cole and with Gabrielle, Gabrielle Dennis, Dennis and she's like yeah. she's like I'm gonna use his stuff and he's like but you can't please don't use my man wash like it, it I, I appreciate I appreciate the fact that they do that do it differently. you know what I'm saying I yell at the screen every time that Old Spice commercial comes on with Dion Cole and Gabrielle Dennis and I know both of them I mm. yell at the TV like I'm watching a horror really? movie really <laughs> Hide it from her, bro. <laughs> you a goddamn man. If you're a real man, you don't let no woman use your goddamn exfoliant. You hide your 
exfoliant <laughs> out there in the backyard with that other phone you used to call that stripper Jasmine that just had your mm-hmm. side baby. Supposed to keep you astringent in your black Air Force One box. That's what you do with that minute. shit. You ain't supposed to just let your wife see your astringent. You can't let her know that you tone your skin. That's just the way shit goes. JG, I don't like that. I don't like the way that they sell stuff to men more often than not on this idea that there's just something husky and ruh, ruh, ruh about being a man that it strips down all the other layers of what it means to be sensitive and caring and actually give a damn. I got a question for you, man. Like, do uh-huh. you think that the traditional role of man has has changed drastically so that those commercials are, are, are outdated? Yeah, because the people calling the shots, the, the ad execs calling the shots on that shit they are probably from an older era of advertising, number one. Number two, you got way more women in positions of power. Mm-hmm. Matter of fact, T-Rex, who we talking to for worst and first, his wife out-earned him. Um, so there's a lot of that starting turn, turn, to Terms of full disclosure, so does mine. My, okay. my wife blows Amen. me out of the Look, matter of fact, homie, because it's relevant. I'm proud to say at the beginning of the year, uh, South Park and Princeton Productions it gave me a very nice and substantial promotion, you know what I'm saying, for my hard work here on the job fair. And I was very proud of my little bitty raise. And I went to my wife and was like, ooh, baby, look, I got a raise. And she was like, ooh, I got a raise too. And I was like, you did? She was like, well, how much was your raise? Oh, in the five <laughs> or six digits. And I was like, wait a minute, you get what? <laughs> Don't worry about my raise. My raise, my, my raise was just for my personal self-esteem. But the fact that that conversation is even a thing is rooted in the man being the provider. Absolutely. The only way to be a man is to provide money. No, there's a mm-hmm. million other ways to contribute to the betterment of society that are not attached to what the fuck is on your pay stub. I've had arguments you with um, alumni brethren of mine because Morehouse is the manliest male place on earth. Um, really? Where dudes went? No, it's not. That was absolutely facetious. Oh, because I was <laughs> I, gonna I, say, I, I, yeah, it's not. No, no, it's not. No, no way. No. Um, but to have talks with dudes who have real serious issues with the fact their wives make more money to them is, Why? is a real thing. It makes no sense. Number one, you're, you're the breadwinner, so that's what they tell you. You're the breadwinner. You got to bring the bread home. You got to make the money. But realistically, even when you look at the career demographics nowadays, a lot of women just make more money than men in general. And some of it comes down with some dudes who are just not, for lack of a better word, being secure enough in their manhood to deal with that shit. Because like from a lot of them, that's that's a lot to deal with. I'll admit that when I first got married, I definitely had that issue for a minute. Like it was it was hard to get over. I don't. It's hard to get okay. over because that's the way you're raised. You're raised like I'm supposed to make money. I'm supposed to do this. And there's a certain yes, level of you, you that reprogram. feels like yeah, there's a certain level of you that feels kind of inadequate. Like if I can't make this amount of money, why is she with me in the first place? Oh my gosh. You know what I'm saying? It's the truth. That's Dudes feel, fault, Jacqueline. I'm Dudes not feel. That's what we're... It's his fault. I can't be a sensitive man with you feelings and thoughts. You can be sensitive, but being sensitive to the fact that someone makes something more than you just because it's money. And I, I can't speak from this aspect for you. So I'll stay hmm. out of that. But no, okay. I don't want you to stay out of it. I, I definitely want you to get side of this. Hell yeah. JG, yeah. you you have the most pivots and the most pots on the stove at any given time out of anybody on this show. Agreed. Mm-hmm. How do men reconcile with your ambition? Yeah. Because your ambition has to be 
a little intimidating to a dude because a dude just wants to be a man. I want to go out and buy you a steak, woman. You having problems? You Let me listen to everybody you having a problem with steak. so I can shoot them. I need to kill everybody. It by exactly having a problem. That man who, try who to who touch your to? booty in right. the grocery store. I got a I got goddamn somebody AR-15 Sig Sour Remington motherfucking 10-shot Red Rider. With a scope. Ready to goddamn go. Laser motherfucking scope. And no pressure on you, but your answer has absolutely more to do with manhood than you would ever believe. But go, go ahead. <laughs> how do men that you have gone out with, how do they reconcile either you out-earning them or having more ambition? Because as a man, a woman with ambition eventually becomes a woman that will out-earn you. That's true. Mm. Ooh, valid question. The men that I've dated, they've just been secure in who they were. And that just worked for us because you're right. I am extremely ambitious. You're absolutely correct. When I walk into a room, I probably out earn 30 to 40% of the men that are in there. It's not like it's flashing on my forehead, but they know they just need to be secure in themselves. Yeah. They know. Oh my God. I, was agree with that one. I don't understand why a woman that makes for more or a significant other that makes more comes across as intimidating i i just i'm trying to wrap my head around it seriously because we've been told that our worth starts it's not solely but our worth starts with the ability to provide and i think what we forget as men is that provision is not solely fiscal provision is about structure correct provision is about creating community mm. and that's what we're going to talk about today i'm excited to get into worse and first and talk to this first brother because this is a brother that you know you do comedy and you put your comedy to the side you put your dreams to the side Amen. to help your kids and you know that that means that your wife got to carry more of the weight and you proudly do that that means that you understand that you are providing emotional stability to your home which many could argue yes. is more important than money it also means yes. that your significant other and your or, or wife or male, sometimes in the situation may be, but it means that your significant other also appreciates what you bring to the table when that kind of a thing happens. Because it's not that they don't hold it. They don't hold it head. over your head. Because like for real, that's the hardest part yeah. for anybody. I would say in that kind of a situation, you know what I'm saying? I already know that's what JG would do in the argument. Third, JG, mm. some dude. Come to the house, start what? talking shit. Motherfucker, uh, no, you need to kiss my ass, Jacqueline. Well, you could kiss my ass if you could afford to, but go ahead. But go ahead. Money. But go ahead. Is it wrong now that I often think of the way that JG would diss people? And I just, like, I always end it with, but go ahead. Like, I, I, I think of, like, the, the top parts, and I'm always like, but go ahead. Like, I'm doing it's it to my beautiful. kids. It's, it's your fault. Somebody sent us an email about JG. Said, we'll read that next week. We got we to get into worse and first right now, though. Are oh, you yeah. serious? Somebody, fan, fan of the show, sent an email oh. talking about you saying that. They, they approve of it. They Don't approve. They approve. It oh, needs to be okay. our merch, bro. I'm okay. telling you, we need to have shirts, that merch shirts that just say, but go ahead. We but be, go ahead. Kill the game. <laughs> worst and first, this is a brother, Ralph, that, in the early days, what have you heard me say from time to time, third? I am a man, man of, many, of fathers. many fathers. Many fathers. What I mean when I say that is that along my career, there have been people that have already oh. made a little bit of a trail ahead of me, and they've always been kind enough to give me a little bit of advice. They ain't going to give you all the game. You ain't, you ain't supposed to get all the game. You ain't going to mm -hmm. appreciate it if you don't earn most of it. Facts. But 
Oh. He never put his foot on my neck like a lot of motherfuckers in this comedy game what? who I wish nothing but the worst to. And I hope that Absolute you worst. saw me read your DM and then what? not reply to it. You piece of shit. <laughs> who did that? All blue skies gray. Word. Opening up, I tell y'all, uh, Eric, I ain't can't even tell him talking shit about him right now. Even though I probably could, he can't afford a podcast. That's how broke he is. Are you uh, about? JG, the hardest thing that I believe, but I only know this now as a parent, the hardest thing, one of the hardest things a man has to do is to decide when to deprioritize his path to uplift and support the path of their insurance. You, you have to figure out a way to make sure that your dreams still get fed while at the same time being a motherfucking man. God damn man, I drink my own urine and then I fucking piss out that urine. I drink my urine. Again. Being it's a filtered. man it's filtered at that point. is about figuring out a way to make sure that your children always feel supported, even as you continue your own pursuits. JG, I can't wait to get to this, brother. Who do we have on the line? We welcome comedian, actor, and father of four, Todd Rex. Todd has been making damn. Awesome. Oh. Yeah, folk. I'm sorry, oh. JG. Keep going. Keep going. Oh, God damn. <laughs> <laughs> Todd has been making audiences laugh for over two decades. Three now, that, that you're reading an old bio. <laughs> it's three decades now. I don't write this stuff. <laughs> Hell yeah, let's go. Okay, so you're getting more mature. So three decades now um, of everyday observations, hypothetical situations, and hilarious stories about his family. And Todd is going to talk to us about the joys and challenges of being a father, particularly when one of your kids is a sports superstar. Welcome, Todd Rex. Hi, Todd. Hello yeah. there, JG. Thank you for that beautiful intro. Roy, you know, when I started in D.C., second time I ever hit stage, I came up behind this dude. Came behind him and in front of Chris Thomas. God bless you. Yeah, it was it was a, it was a hellish you. night. But uh, he's one of my favorites, man. I I when you say a man of many fathers, God dang it, I feel you, man. I, I look at T. Ray sometimes as a father just because he's great and he's older than me, and I look better. This, this, but it's fine. Thirty <laughs> oh thirty gosh. decades. You don't get thirty decades in the game without a lot of hard work, being funny, and some degree of tenacity and work ethic. But only three decades, not thirty decades, just three decades. Yeah, look, whatever it is, thirty years. And then you do doing <laughs> trying to compliment you. Shut the fuck up. To, um. <laughs> but yeah. the added pressure of fatherhood and you know, you're you're being very modest, you know, and we and when when Ralph told me what was going on in your world. I immediately became curious because it's one thing to raise four children, but it's another thing to raise a child that is a prodigy in athletics. We didn't even got to the fact, we didn't even told the listeners yet that it's fucking hockey, right. which is yeah. a whole nother set of questions about how he got into hockey and then how yeah. is he dominating hockey and chucking them white boys up against the goddamn plexiglass. But yep. <laughs> talk, to, talk to us. Talk to me, tell me, damn it. Walk me through the adjustments you made to your own career as you started accommodating and making space for your children's dreams. Oh man, um, to be honest with you, man, I feel like I've uh, 
my career has taken a severe backseat. Like I'm, I, you know, I'm supposed to be a lot farther along than I am. Um, but talking to some friends of mine just as of recently, you know, there's no expiration date for comedy, no but sure. there is an expiration date for the time that you can have your kids with you before they leave the nest. Facts. And so I just love my kids and I love spending time with them. And there'd be so many nights where I would be laying on the couch with the kids and I'd be like, all right, man, I got to get up and shower and get ready to drive all the way down to the Hollywood. And, and it would be just so easy for me just to be like, call the promoter and be like, I'm not going to make it, man. Right. It's because I want to lay here. And just wanting to give my kids all the stuff that I didn't have. Um, as far as uh, like when, when I grew up, I started playing hockey at 10 years old and my parents couldn't afford to send me. Wait a minute, to wait a minute, stop. China. Wait, wait, whoa, 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 whoa. Hold up, stop. <laughs> Stop! You just casually slid the fuck in that you, bro. I swear I've known you not basketball twenty something years, and I had no idea that your ultra black ass played hockey. How did that even happen? Yeah. How did that ten years old? We moved to Maryland in 1980, and the 1980 Olympics was the year that the okay. Americans like beat classic. the Russians. Mm. Yeah, right. And so, and and I was just enamored by that whole thing. And I told my parents, I was like, I think I want to do that. And so they looked for a local thing in Maryland and took me down there and got equipment. It was all used, secondhand stuff. Bought me brand new skates, though, and then just started playing and fell in love with the sport. Okay. Got better and better. Got to the point where I was playing for a team that was traveling around the world, um, but I couldn't go to a lot of the places Get because they couldn't afford to send me to Russia, Russia and to China. Talk to us about your daddy, who was a goddamn man who didn't take no shit off nobody. You see a man, you punch him in the goddamn face, son. Who didn't talk you out of playing hockey? This is a black man in the 80s. You walked up, this is peak Magic Johnson. Facts. So there's a bunch that you don't know about me. <laughs> and probably the most important thing that you don't know about me that would explain a lot is that I was adopted by a white family the day I was born. Really? And so my biological, my biological mother and his wife, my biological father is black. And uh, I was adopted before I was born, but I couldn't leave the hospital until I was three days old. So when I left the hospital at three days old, I went with my white family and my white older brother, who's also adopted. So then my son showed interest. You know, I had three daughters prior to my son showing up. Mm. They were none of them were interested in hockey. And so I pretty much stopped playing hockey altogether. And then I was flipping through the channels one day when he was like two and a half and stopped on some hockey for a second on the NHL network and watched. And then when I switched away, he's like, he told me to go back. Mm -hmm. So I went back and I left it on and he was just sitting on the edge of the bed with his eyes wide. And I left the room for like 20 minutes and came back and he was still sitting there like, like watching. And I was like, you like it? And he was like, yeah. So I got on one of my sticks. I went to the neighbor's house and used his buzzsaw, cut the stick down to his size and wow. gave him a ball. And he started running around the house. And then that Christmas gave him all gear. And here we are. 10 years later that's beautiful and this dude is this dude is uh we just got back from france where he played for team usa um what he's going to quebec yes sir yeah, he's a beast and, and he and he led the team in scoring too and he didn't even know these kids he only went knew uh one other kid that was on the team prior to going but he Come led the team now. scoring for the, for the tournament what position is he playing He's a defenseman, which is also crazy. He's a defenseman he's leading a team in scoring? Yep. That's hard, yeah, man. Yeah. So when did you make that decision that, yo, comedy has to take a back seat if this brother's going to fly? 
I don't even think it was a conscious decision. It just started happening. But I did, I did start realizing it was happening, but I, I never said like, man, I got to do something to stop it from happening. I just like leaned into it. Like I was talking about earlier, just, you know, and I, you know, I have three daughters as well. And my 20 year old is a music artist. She's on all major, all major music platforms. So I spent a lot of time with her, with her music. And oh yeah, plug that. To you better plug your daughter, bro. What's her name? What's she on? What? what? We're going to get to all of that. Yeah, we're we going to need that. We're going to plug, plug your this whole talented ass family. Yeah. Damn, everybody doing something. Right? <laughs> when is the first time that you remember watching your son on the ice and being like, oh shit, he really does have it? Was there a practice or a game or something where you saw him and was like, oh shit? So he was playing during the offseason, playing defense and this one game, he just like, he just turned it up and ended up, hey Max, how many goals did you score that game? 12 or 13. In a game? In a game. To where the coach, the coach pulled him to the side and was like, you have to stop shooting. Told him to stop yeah. shooting and start passing the plug more. And <laughs> he looked at me and I was like, what did he say? And then he came over to me and he was like, coach told me not to score anymore. And I was like, and what, what are you here for? Like, what am I supposed to do with that? How do you stop him from, what do you do? Like, yeah, just skate around circles. Don't, don't even like, that's, what? So I am curious about whether you're one of those parents that coaches from the sideline. That's my first question. <laughs> I used to be, and I realized that I was being overbearing and I was stealing the, the fun away from it because mm -hmm. I had to remember that he was like, even though he was dominating and he was like scoring a lot, that sometimes I was seeing stuff that he didn't do properly. And I was like, what are you doing? You know, and I was stealing the joy from him. Uh -huh. And I was talking to one of the other parents and one of the other parents was like, yeah. he's like, as a friend, you, you gotta stop, man. Just let him have fun mm -hmm. and he'll get better. If he's having fun, He'll get better. If you're making it so it's not fun, he won't get better because he's not going to want to do it anymore. Mm. And then I just, so from that point on, I kind of just shut up and just watch him grow. And then I'm curious about your other yeah. children. So you have a hockey star. Yep. You have a talented yep. musician. What's going on with your other children? And my other one, her name is uh, Zion Ziggy, we call her. And she's uh, she plays volleyball. She's 13. Oh. She plays on a 15 elite team. And yeah, and the oldest one, she's uh, she's in Maryland. She lives in Maryland with her husband and their daughter. So I'm a grandfather. Nice. She uh, was born November 1st. So my oldest daughter, she does TikTok influencer, I guess. Really? Oh, there's money in that. I went to D.C. with Craig Robinson, and I brought her on stage because she's very pretty. <laughs> and after the show, people were like, I watch your TikToks. Your mom vlogs are hilarious. And I was like, I was just on stage. Y'all ain't talking to me like that, you know. <laughs> <laughs> Yeah, that's <laughs> I'm curious about the other superstar in this family, and that would be their mother. How does yeah. she handle all of this and you? Uh, well, you know, we have our we have our moments. Um, <laughs> she's very involved in her. She's a she's an executive for um, for a that's her running by right now. For uh, she's an executive for a healthcare <laughs> a healthcare corporation and also the COO of a wealth management firm. So she makes sure yes. all this runs smoothly. Very positive, strong black woman. Of course. So she makes that possible for me to travel because she's so busy with her two executive positions that she can't travel a lot of the time. And so even though I should be making money on the road doing shows, I'll be not making money, but I'll be in France or Germany with this dude. And she makes it possible to do that. That's yeah. what's up. He's about to go to Naples, Florida to do this. Uh, it's called All Ivy, where coaches from these Ivy League schools mm -hmm. are coming to watch kids do a, a combine, like co combine. Elite hockey programs. Well, brother, when I say you represent a side of manhood that is not often celebrated, that is not often oh, given man. flowers <clears throat> to, 
you know, you, you, I mean, damn, man, you out here making sure that four different kids are straight. Even though one of your daughters got a whole ass husband, you still like, nah, baby, you yeah. still my daughter. Come on to this comedy show with your pops guy. That's right. For that. <laughs> Cody's most outstanding employee of the week. Firework. It is the highest honor we can bestow on a guest next to a Venmo. <laughs> uh, you ain't sending me no goddamn money. Send no goddamn money. Plug yes. everything. Plug the family. Plug the boy. Plug all of that shit before we get you out the door, man. Okay, so at Todd Rex on all my social media. T-O-D-D-R-E-X-X. Um, all my social media. Uh, my son has his own uh, Instagram page at Maximus Rex 33. Nice. His number is 33. And then my daughter, Zoe Maximus. Rex. Yeah, M A X I M U X R E X. Maximus Rex. And then my daughter is uh, Zoe Rex Music, Z O E R E X Music. And then Ziggy really doesn't do social media too much, but her name is Zion Rex and she's a volleyball star. And then Taylor Rex, is, goes, she goes by Taylor Monroe. <laughs> Um, and she's on TikTok. Yeah, on TikTok. She's following her. Okay, and, Taylor um, Monroe. All right. And uh, I'm yeah, I'm 43. I'll follow but her. I look at She's 29. She's 20. She's 29. Okay, well, I'm a follower. <laughs> <laughs> okay. Yeah. Word up. I see Amanda Acevedo <laughs> over there looking prima. <laughs> We go, man. We Thank appreciate you, your brother. Man, Thank I you appreciate you, you, man. And I can't wait to see you out in these comedy streets again. Yeah, man. I appreciate you, Roy. Thank you. Thank you, Ralph. Appreciate, appreciate you, brother. You, home. you already know, man. JG, stay beautiful. Oh, thank you. And I will see you guys Absolutely. on the flip side. Very That's nice. brother right there. The homie Narado, a.k.a. Rod for short. Stories around manhood with Rod break the ice with co-workers of the opposite race. And we get another member of the two-timer club who's a goddamn man, who's a teacher, helping them kids get in that charter school. He goes around the hood talking to children and wayward youth and say, come to school, motherfucker, and be a goddamn man. Manhood week on the job, fam. We'll be right back. Hey there, Jordan Klepper from The Daily Show and Comedy Central. Ever wonder what happens behind the scenes or want to catch some extended interviews? Well, now you can. Listen to The Daily Show Ears Edition podcast for full episodes, extended content, and a whole lot more. The Daily Show Ears Edition is available wherever you get your podcasts. Job fair. We are talking manhood today. What it means to be a man. The job of being a man. The man of the house. You know, big shout out to T-Rex just now, third. You know, Because you talk about being a man sometimes means putting your own goals to the side and making sure your goddamn children have a goddamn opportunity better than anything that was extended to you. Even if it means that your wife makes more money than you because you put your career to the side and you pray to God that she doesn't hold it over your head because... If your wife holds that over your head, you're going to go to that strip club and you're going to bang Jasmine one more time to get over it. And goddamn, she's pregnant and she kept it. And now you got a seven-year-old by stripping. You hope your wife don't find out because she'll take all your goddamn money. That's what we're talking about today. It's tough being a man. Do you know an exotic dancer named um, Jasmine for real? 
Yep, you do. Okay, never mind. Go ahead. (laughs) (laughs) Your eyes tell me everything. As I ignore Jacqueline (laughs) and we transition the music. We bring on a brother that knows a lot about being a goddamn man. Mm. He is the author of the New York Times bestseller, Whiskey Dick and the Ways to Avoid It. It's a quick read. And if you're looking for him, ladies, swing on down to the Nashville airport at baggage claim and dab a little bit of peanut butter whiskey on your neck like some Chanel perfume. Stand right there in the door and he will appear. His mama named him Narado. We call him Rod for short. Rod, give us one man in your life that influenced you in a positive way. One one person that you can just roll out the red carpet of flowers to who gave you the game on some shit that skills that you still use to this day. Mm. Oh, it would it would absolutely be my dad. All right now. One of, one of the greatest things I think my dad ever did for me and ever taught me was when I was 14, he sat me down and he told me he was going to teach me how to do some cooking and how to take care of an entire house. And his exact words were, you need to know this because if you have a woman, it's not her job to do that, but more than likely she will. But you're not always going to have a woman. So you need to know how to do these things for yourself. And he taught me how to do everything there is to do to take care of a house inside and out, top to bottom, washing clothes, cooking, Cleaning up everything. It was a good deal, man. Shout out to Pops for that one. Nice. We bring Rod on this program to give you topics to break the ice with coworkers you can't stand, people that's too boring, people of, you know, different races, creeds, religions, etc. Turn it over to you, Rod. Get these people a couple stories in the world of manhood and fatherhood or what have you to make it through the week. Uh, I'd like to turn our attention to the men across the pond where a British man got his woman pregnant two times in a week, baby. How you get her pregnant twice in a week? Is that twins or is that? Because I've, I've heard they are treated as of... twins because they're normally born on the same day, but they're technically not twins. It's a process called superfetation, and it only has a five percent chance of happening. But there are times when an egg gets implanted into the womb and fertilized. And within a couple days to a couple weeks, another egg might do the same thing. And apparently my man was just shooting up the club with reckless abandon and he hit two times. But I have heard of instances where a woman could be pregnant with twins by two different fathers. But now this explains how that happened. That happened Mm. to, uh, I read a story about that happening uh, to a prostitute one time. Yeah, uh, sometimes, you know, an egg is released from both sides of the fallopian tubes and one person can fertilize one egg and if you have sex with somebody else soon enough, the second egg can be fertilized by somebody else and that also does happen. Are the baby, like, the, the, is the gestation and all that going to continue on and all that? or? Yeah, it's it, it, all, it all goes on the same uh, and the way they know that it happens is uh, one of the fetuses in the sonogram is shown to be uh, developing at a slower pace, but it's not because there's something wrong with it. It's just that it's not as old as its twin, basically. How does that work? What is the allocation of assets and umbilical cord? Like, who get custody of the, the placenta? <laughs> right. 
kind of like when you get a forced yeah. on a roommate in college, you know, where they just stick you with somebody. That's basically it. You know, you're in the womb and you got one umbilical cord and everything cool. All of a sudden, there's another tenant in the building. (laughs) Like, oh, uh, by the way, we just rented that second room out. You got a sister. (laughs) All right. So we got a double pregnancy. We got babies a week apart in the same womb. What else we got, Ryan? Let's flip it up for the people. That was good. Well, you know, this is this is the time of Father's Day. and an under-recognized holiday for in a lot of people's eyes. And we got a couple dads on the show right now, and I know we got a lot of dads listening, so you might want to sign up to join Jim Jones's army. No, not the psychotic cult leader, but the rapper, Bird Gang, Dipset, the vamp himself, has uh, taken it upon his own shoulders to boost Father's Day up to the same level it's Mother's Day. He doesn't like the treatment men get. He says he's a very good father. It'll never work. He does a lot to take care It'll of never his. Work. Keep going. And he says, quote, I don't give a fuck what you niggas is talking about. I don't give a fuck what you mothers are talking about. I get busy for mine. I need to be compensated. Treat me. I want to go to the spa. You heard? All that fly shit y'all be talking about. Let me get mine end quote that's right jim jones says no more ties no more socks no more bottles of hennessy that nigga wants you to go all out for dad just like you do for mom how you how you brothers feel about that as dads yourself i will never work i want you to send me that quote so i can take my cricket and make the shirt and wear that shit on sunday that's <laughs> that's what i want that is the greatest father's day quote i've personally ever heard that is bananas um, but 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 I wow. it'll never work mm. because mm. number one, men are not as appreciative of gifts and emotion as women. Women cry, women feel. Part of the grandness of Mother's Day is that it is a communal activity mm-hmm. because women commiserate together, right. grandmothers commiserate, mothers commiserate you bring your daughters into it i remember it's at church i grew up in the baptist church you'd wear your little special rose it was one rose. color if your yeah. mama was dead it was another, another color, color if your mama, mama was uh-huh. ding ding most of you niggas don't even know your daddy and the ones you do you fucking hate that motherfucker y'all ain't taking no group pictures the way mamas do on Mother's Day with all the men. Can men, should men be supported and celebrated? Absolutely. But if Jim Jones thinks for one second, and we'll get Hallmark back on this show mm. to tell him this to his wow. face. Wow, yo, that's the collab though. If you the Hallmark Dipset combo? What? The mahogany collection. Come on, bro. We get <laughs> paid for that. We might, we, that's a business opportunity, Roy. I ain't mean to cut you, but that's money on the table. This is, this is a, but do you think this is because we've been conditioned to view Father's Day this way? It, it appears that Jim Jones is trying to light the torch to change Father's Day from what you said it is now going forward and do you guys support that but what mm. i'm saying rod, rod what i'm saying rod is that men have more strife with their fathers than women do traditionally with their mothers and mothers also because women as a whole are one bit communal emotional brain it's all interconnected your periods sync up if you're around each other more than twice so there's 
more of a synergy. That's the word. There's more of a synergy. So as much as Jim Jones wants to do this, and I applaud it, Father's Day will never be on the level of Mother's not Day with that for attitude. a number of reasons that we cannot control. <laughs> what do you mean not with that attitude? We're not, he's, Jim Jones is not think? saying that Father's Day is that way already. He said exactly he what said you're he saying. He said he gets busy. It's not that way. And he wants it to be treated that way. Do you support? That's fine. Are you all in on changing the conversation around Father's if, Day? If Father's, day, if Father's like, day is the day that I get my dipset chain, then I am all for getting a dipset Father's Day chain. I think if Jim Jones is calling dudes up to Harlem that's good pops and then giving them the hot, you know, good dad's chain and maybe, you know, the good dad Ewing's, I might be up for that shit if he's giving out prizes, but I, I, I don't I don't really think I'm with Roy really. I don't really think that Father's Day is ever gonna achieve the status because you know, people treat people treat their mama different than they treat their daddy. That, and that's just ding, that. Ding. And mm-hmm. Jim Jones can want that and that's fine and that's cool. But I also want the USFL to be as good as the NFL. We want that in the same way we want the WNBA to be as popular and as big as the NBA. But Free there are still Griner. certain things. Yes. There are certain things keeping that from happening. As much as we want it, there are still things. A lot of other things that have to change. And if Jim Jones is the one leading the charge, right? I don't know fine. if I can go with that. I don't the know. The difference that. that's, is that's my we problem, can't man. do anything about the WNBA. We can do something about Father's Day, but y'all have too much of a defeatist attitude, and it's never gonna change as long as niggas like you is daddies and saying this type of shit. <laughs> Why is the non-parent so this upset? Is right, just mad this at us. Y'all need to accept your daddyhood. House daddy hmm. shit, you niggas is talking house right daddy now. Shit. Fuck you, house daddy. The- but I do like that idea. I do like the idea. We need we need to get Alexis uh, from Mahogany Cards back on the show and get her yeah. a Jim Jones Father's Day card set. Yo, that's the combo right there, B. That's it. The I'm voice ones. It. What about the voice joints? Yeah. The, <laughs> like where you like it is like talk like you, you can record your voice we into a card. Yeah, we ballin' fathers. Zoltown. <laughs> <laughs> You open a Jim Jones Father's Day card with the voice shit in there. Yo, what's good? I want to let you know you're doing your shit. Keep taking care of them kids, all right? Take Where care of them motherfuckers. Take them to spill. the motherfucking park shit. Shout out to Harlem. Shout out to Dipset. Shout out to Jim Jones for standing up for fathers everywhere. I'm with you if these two shiftless niggas ain't. <laughs> <laughs> this podcast is Uncle Rod's Story Corner. You can get it wherever you download this fine podcast. Rod, I would say thank you, but I really don't appreciate you coming on here. Fellas shiftless. We both in our kids' life. We see right? him every day. And you just see him, my man. son. He was just a sick ago. I'm shiftless. God I use my son's headphones sometimes oh on this God. podcast. Mm. <laughs> mm. Shiftless. Oh, man. Scam of the week time. Now, we ain't had a lot of two-timers this year, Third, We haven't had a lot of new members in the two-timer club. The two-timer club is, of course, an exclusive club mm-hmm. in the job fair, reserved for people who've come on this show twice. We've had, um, yep. of course, my brother Justin. Yes. Little Sailboat Amara. Mm-hmm. 
Uh, Pastor Crosswhite, we had Jesus Man on here twice. We did. Yeah. Not racist Susan. Love her. We got to get the dead body lady back on here. That's from Mississippi. Yeah, dead body Sue. Yeah. We got to get dead body Sue in the two timers. But this brother, I want to welcome back on the show Trojan Man. Oh, shit. Oh, wow. (laughs) Oh, God. Oh, wow. This brother called into the show (laughs) celebrating the teachers doing teacher month. Had a little special episode about the teachers and his brother, the kids, was teasing him because they saw the condoms in the front seat of his car. But you said something before when we had you on a while back, Douglas, about, you know, you teaching in charter schools. And is there a scam in that? Like, mm. well, like because I, I found this is interesting. This is just what Third was telling me about y'all going door to door. I want to hear about this. I want to hear about how you recruit black kids to come to the charter schools. That's when a, a clipboard and a collar shirt saved my life. I would just put it to you like that. Like <laughs> with a pair of khakis and some shoes that nobody wants. <laughs> that is that allowed me to navigate in and out of these dips. So this is back when I was like um Working and we were opening schools. I was doing this in like New Jersey. Uh-huh. I was in Detroit. I man, I found a place in Detroit. They called a murder Mac on Joy Road, like Flint. Um, Damn! Did you get hazard pay? Like, did Ooh. they did they give you extra money? Like, those are hard places. I deserve some <laughs> combat pay. All those places were very lovely. The people were fucking amazing. Uh-huh. Like, it's, it's a shame, but the people were fucking amazing. Like, let me make that very clear. Like, but yeah. Especially Camden. Going door to door in the black community in a college shirt is an act of war. Facts. <laughs> in the- Facts. Facts. Because, like, I see, and that's why I said it was saving my life because, you know, as a young black man going into other black communities, if they don't know you, you know, they looking at you, especially if you're younger, they looking yeah. at you for different reasons. So, yeah. like, going in with a clipboard and a collar shirt and some khakis and some shoes that nobody wants. Like, that's key. <laughs> You won't, that's key. Yeah, you got to wear shit nobody want to steal. You got to wear your best pair of Skechers, B. They might want to steal and put oh. some cool shit on you. Like, there you want to be at that level. You want to get the, the Payless Jones. Yeah, you, yeah, you very, very unattractive is how you want to feel uh, when you're mm. out there. Uh, but anyways, <laughs> a collar shirt and a clipboard, right? So I'm working in Camden and like places like that and Trenton and shit like that. I'm going door to door. And like, you know what I'm saying? I'm walking up and down the street, you know what I'm saying? Motherfuckers looking at me and I'm, and because of the nature of the job, like it's grassroots recruiting. Mm -hmm. Just, and I was out there just like a census taker or whatever. But like when I was going out there like that, they was like, who are you? Are you child protective services? Are you a bill collector? Mm-hmm. Are you whatever? Mm-hmm. Don't nobody say yes, that in the hell. Yeah, up, yeah, you. Yeah, 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 exactly. So if I ask, do so and so live there? And like, ah, right, he about to cut something off. Don't tell him. And it, like, they whisper it oh. and do stuff. So like, I was like, nobody, like, I was just like, <laughs> yeah, to serve child I was support allowed papers. to exist. Right. Yeah, there was, yeah. So it was like, just having that old, I was just amazed at how it allowed me to, to like navigate into that different situations. Um, because I definitely have had a gun pulled over me. And, <laughs> it, it do, that happened in Atlanta a long time ago, but doing the same work. Like, basically, when you recruit for charter schools like that, <clears throat> it's a lot of immersing yourself in the communities. Like, some places will 
do it where they'll have like events or they'll blast a bunch of different stuff or they'll post up at, at like some of the locations where they know people are going to have to congregate like your grocery store or different stuff like that, like those funnel places, right? But mm-hmm. like the way we was doing it, because my company was a little old school, is like, nah, bro, go walk the block. <laughs> go door to door. So like, so like I'm legit, like I'm in the projects. Like I'm in, the, I'm, I'm like, I'm from Oklahoma. I had never in my life really been to the East Coast and nothing. So like I'm getting my whole introduction. So you're not even native to these hoods. Not at all. Yeah. Not at I'm all. gonna tell you not right now, all. I live in New Jersey. There is no reason to go to Camden. Like none <laughs> whatsoever. Like it is not far from there. me. It's certain mm. places if you don't live there, you should not be yeah. there for it's like the jungles in LA. You just Yo, son, there's real no talk. reason. Yeah. So Douglas, were you making good money? And how did you get out of this gun situation? I, I mean, I was I was making I mean, I was making better money than I ever had in my life just because I was transitioning basically from out of the classroom, out of a school-based role into working like on the corporate side of the network that I work for. And so we were actually like opening up schools. So I was a part of like the, the development department where we were expanding the portfolio and stuff. So we were like identifying communities to where we would open up schools and then go in and I would do a lot of the grassroots organizing. That's and- some corporate talk. Were you making good money or not? I, I was doing well. I was doing okay. well. Yeah. Now talk to me about the gun. Okay. So yeah, I, I'm doing my thing. I'm going around. I'm asking because, like, in that role, like for me, I I acknowledge and embrace everybody. So I'm talking to elected officials and the unhoused person out there on the street. Uh, you know what I'm saying? The the the, the worker, the, the hustler, anybody. I'm talking to all of them because they all got kids. And they, and at the end of the day, as people, we all want the same thing. If you got kids, you want good schools for them. So like when I was out there leverage like talking to him about it, I hate to say leveraging, but like talking to him about it's like, yo, this is an opportunity for a new school. I would just talk to him about like facts. Yeah. And a lot of times we were in communities where schools were not very good. And a lot mm-hmm. of times it was communities where they were closing schools within those respective districts to like it was important to actually do the work. So like that's what made it a lot easier. And not and I never really felt threatened, even when I had the gun pulled on me. I never even really felt threatened. Um, Get off my porch, motherfucker. It was, <laughs> it, you know what I'm saying? Like, no, nah, I was at a line. Like, I was driving and I saw somebody and um, I tried to pull up to, like, give him a flyer. And he pulled up his shirt and was like, nah, nigga, what's that? Oh. And, I was, oh. and I was like, oh, no, 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 no. You me with paper, homie? And I showed him the clipboard. I was like, no, 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 no. I'm cool with pieces. He's like, you with Jesus? I was like, nah. Oh. <laughs> I was like, well, yeah, yeah. What gets me out of this? I don't know. Yeah, whatever you want, bro. And he was like, you know, you, well, you better get out of here. So-and-so and so-and-so is beefing right now. He was talking about some different neighborhoods oh. and streets that, mm. out there where I was. So he was like, you need to get the fuck up out of here, player. And I was like, cool. And, I, and, and, and that was the period in that sense. I took my ass out. So we'll get you out of here on this question. The reason why I want you on for Scam, Douglas, is because I want to ask you what at least what I consider is a fair question, and it's not attacking what you're doing in any way. But I want to ask, how were you able to reconcile, as a black person, are charter schools net negative or net positive for black and brown communities? I would say positive. I would say absolutely positive. I mean, the reason that this whole movement even exists is because there were failing schools that existed forever, that they allowed to exist forever, that never got any better and never had any like real pressure to get any better. And mm. so what, what charter schools really are, they're like a revamped, more targeted approach 
to teach in and it's designed for the demographic in the community it's going to serve so like mm. even like a lot of your whole dei stuff that you see is like the wave now like a lot of that i would say was really born out of like the charter movement because that's when they started paying attention to identity and like the holistic approach of like educating somebody that's okay. lived a trauma-informed life or from a black and brown community or or whatever because if you look at it most of the charter schools exist in pretty much black and brown communities like probably 85 percent i would say mm. maybe around something like that because they're going into communities where there's been existing schools that have just existed and been subpar or whatever and, and haven't had to get any better as a parent you want choice you want options like mm. you want you want to be able to have a say like you don't want to be bound by convenience of this is the school that's close to me or this is the school that my kids can get on off the bus to or different things like that like and mm -hmm. if that's one of the schools where the zip code ain't what it needs to be and it's constantly failing or they talking about consolidating x y and z school like it's it's imperative that there's more options and more varied approaches that really because there's a spectrum of learning there's a spectrum of people so there, there needs to be a variance and just approaches and that only exists because the charter sector really exists, if that kind of makes sense. Absolutely. And I work, I work in public school too. Like I, I'm that's a fan what, that's of both. Why I asked and they're you all, and they're you, all public schools. That's the both. thing. Yeah, I worked in both where I both worked in both worlds, and they're all they're all public schools. Like that's the thing that gets lost. Like mm. it, they they make it seem like it's a whole other sector, but a charter school is a public school. And so like, and the thing about them is most of them operate on a fraction of the budget. Like. Mm. If mm. if you're talking about the per pupil allotment and you get into that, like most charter schools might get 90% of that, whereas the traditional public school or the district is going to get 100% of that. And that whatever percentage that's not going to that charter school is still getting kicked back to the district. So like that's that's like so charter schools are always put behind the eight ball a lot of times because they have to do more with less like when it comes to funding and different things like that that's why you see a lot of them come and go and different things like that because there's so much scrutiny on them to even be able to be open mm -hmm. and i don't want anybody to think that i'm bashing traditional public schools i'm, no. not. I'm in oh, favor no, you're of, not, not at all i'm in favor of quality education all across the board yes. like that's that's where right. i'm at so and i want it to be accessible to everybody and that's what it really comes down to and so mm -hmm. like everybody that really is getting a quality education probably has some choices and they're probably choosing between different levels of quality education or if they're not they're having to do a lot to get to it to overcome going mm -hmm. across town or doing x y and z or paying different money like it's a it's a different level so um just a good school is a good school you know what i mean mm -hmm. and so like i, I think just just like yes, in any sir. business if you've got competition you want it because it only benefits the consumer and this is the same thing it's really no mm -hmm. different this is the same thing it benefits the consumer for there to be different approaches and competitive competitiveness and making things better well brother thank you so much for contributing another round with us man yeah, appreciate no, you for yeah, what you yeah. do so yeah. charter school is not a scam okay all right not not a scam not a some scam are. We'll some are some are oh shit <laughs> bishop sycamore i said bishop hey sycamore no absolutes no absolutes star wars taught me that <laughs> Douglas, thank you so much for calling in Scam of the Week, brother. Thank appreciate it, so man. much. Yes, sir. Easy, sir. After the break, we'll bring it home. And, uh, check out the world of employment. It's a job fair. We'll be right back. Hey there, Jordan Klepper from The Daily Show and Comedy Central. Ever wonder what happens behind the scenes or want to catch some extended interviews? Well, now you can. Listen to The Daily Show Ears Edition podcast for full episodes, extended content, and a whole lot more. The Daily Show Ears Edition is available wherever you get your podcasts.
Shout Fair will be back in now. There's one thing Jacqueline loves it's a well dressed man. Yes. Preach. Now you can bring your preacher voice out. Suit. Mm-hmm. Vest. Yes. Wingtips that are fucking uncomfortable. Come up to the tie. Talk about the tie. Knit, wool. None of that with the big wide boat tie. Like like a better call Saul tie. She liked them slim ties that take two pounds off your torso ties. That's like short of a bolo tie? Is that what you And then you're after five o'clock, it's loose just a little. Okay, Jack. She got a little too excited about that five o'clock loosening, bruh. Did you see that? Yeah. Wow. Then really decide. You, you're starting to say, she's starting to get a little comfortable on this podcast. Isn't yeah. You? I mean, shit, if we being honest, she spent the whole month of March in heat, but I ain't going to talk about it. Ever since since she asked North Carolina about the dick size with the shoes. That was a valid question. I stand by that question. Wide open. Like a cat in March. I get excited when we have people from an industry that has never been on the show before. Mm. This is the People's Podcast, and we rely on you, the listeners, to call in and share your unique experiences so that we can feel this oneness as a community around employment. JG, I'm surprised that you don't just introduce the guest first and I'm going to say some, one more thing to introduce the guest <laughs> and, and the, the field that he's hiring in you, we you have David first. and he's well dressed and he's hiring sharp. for very sharp he's hiring for a men's warehouse store and it's not just on the floor it's data and other pieces that he's going to tell you about yes David yes welcome aboard the job fair now when we talk men's wear like are, you ever notice in a basketball game, David, where like, mm-hmm. like when the basketball players are go, like watch a ba- watch a pro game, Jacqueline, okay. and when you see the players going down the tunnel after the game. Mm-hmm. If you look in the background, it'd be some skeezers back there oh, waiting to get no. chose. Facts. It'd be it'd be women in the tunnel. Yep. Waiting. Yep. It's same thing at concerts too. Oh, like women, those women. Okay, I'm with you. Yes. Yes. David, is it ever like that at a men's wear store where it's a bunch of women looking for wear dress men? Is it a bunch of Jacklins in the store? Oh, wait miles? a minute! If 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 only, Roy. If only. If only. If only. Um, no, it's uh, unfortunately it's not like that. Um, not saying that I don't get my uh, share of women who do come in and you know want hey. to. Uh, oh, David. You know, you. Just, you. they do want to, you know, dress. Represent Shingon. Represent, represent. <laughs> Our store is called uh, The Suit Depot. You know, uh-huh. just that way we distinguish ourselves from Men's Warehouse. Um, I wouldn't say we're a competitor to them. Uh, you know, we only got one store, but they keep sending us their customers. So I don't know. Mm. Okay. Now, so where in the country is this job? Because I would imagine most of this has to be in person if we're trying to make people look good and look their best. Yeah, yeah. Um, so we are located in uh, Oak Park, Michigan, uh, which is uh, just outside of the Detroit City area, about you know, okay. 10, 15 minutes away, depending on where you're coming from. Uh, mm. But uh, it's usually uh, you know, not too far for most people. Um, I even get some people who come out from out of state, uh, Ohio, uh, who want to take really? the uh, drive from their west side of the state, Grand Rapids, Kalamazoo, um, even uh, folks, uh, when we do our big, big sales, like our Black Friday sale, I got folks who come from uh, New York and New Jersey. 
Oh, so you a suit suit store? Oh. You got the whole. It's not like a big there. store. It's a really suit big. Suit I mean, like if there. if we're talking about like size wise, we're probably about. Uh, we're only one one floor, you know. Um, but it's about the size of like a your Macy's or um, you know Nordstrom's. Wow. So, David, do you own this own this store, or a family member owns this store? No, this is um, I get um, it's uh, it's another it's my boss who owns it. Um, okay, it's he's uh, had the we've been at this location for probably about six years. Uh, he opened up uh, he originally started online selling through like eBay and just you know okay. um, selling there out of his closet essentially. Then he got a mm. warehouse uh, from the warehouse, kind of went to a storefront, and that's mm. where we are now. And uh, we expanded that storefront as well. What I appreciate about menswear stores. And third, maybe you can chime in too. I don't get this in a department store, but when I am in a specific menswear store, you know, like there's one in uh, Birmingham, K&G Fashions was like the big store. Uh-huh. And then there's also mm-hmm. Mr. Birch. And Mr. Birch was the, four, like that's where you went to get your prom Horrible. tux, mm-hmm. was Mr. Birch. And those stores, there was always a level of pride from the sales reps in wanting to make you look good. No matter who you are, what your size, shape, whatever, as a man, there was no judgment. You walk in there, oh, man, we're going to get you good. But Like, you would leave a menswear store feeling like you could holler at any woman on it, knowing damn well you probably should. But yeah, you definitely should not. Not in the tux. Felt no, like, yeah. bad idea. Like this yeah. idea of wanting to make people feel good in what they wear, I've only gotten that feeling from menswear spots and sneaker stores. And sneaker yeah. stores, I really don't even trust because that motherfucker just trying to get a commission. Oh, yeah, right. you look good, and them, bro. Walk around real quick. Walk, Walk. do a lap, bro. Oh, yeah. Right, no, go ahead, Ray. Just run. Get that. into it. Let me know how you feel. Just, yeah, so, so no, we, we, uh, we definitely make sure that everyone is, you know, coming out feeling like, you know, feeling as good as they looking, you know. Um, and mm. we've got a great uh, crew here. We've got young guys. So if, you know, for the if, like you're saying, Roy, you're you coming, you know, to look for something for prom. I've got a young guy who can help fit you up nice. for them older cats. Uh, I've got a gentleman who dress in a more traditional style, so um, you know, almost like Steve Harvey twenty years ago kind of style. If you want to go that way, we can do that. Why would too. you dress somebody like that? Well, I was just about to say, what, what, what about Steve Harvey? Is there a whole section of your shop that's just dedicated to Steve Harvey suits? Because because just a bright one with buttons. They they kind they kind of going out of style about you know a while Shit, ago Detroit, but you know it's, you up there uh, in Detroit that's pimpland <laughs> everybody wear nine buttons in Detroit yeah I mean we you know um you know we, we fashion in the Midwest I guess um but uh we even uh, we even do custom as well for for customers as well so nice. if you if you want to do if or if you need to do like uh, something because you you tall big short whatever whatever your case is or if you just want to look good for that special day we can do that for you too man you know what man this this is great man just tell us a little bit about what the qualifications are and how people can apply now can i do drugs and still do this job what, baby? What? Can I, 
like, he's asking for a friend, Jacqueline. <laughs> he is asking no. for a friend. No, I, but that's a serious question. Do you all drug test the applicants? Hmm. And what are the, what are no, the education we do, we do not, You know, but you know, if 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 you coming in and you stinking Roy of it, you know, I'm I'm gonna ask you to turn around and you know just not come back, crack. please. I'm just talking <laughs> right. just CBDs and shit. Or no, I mean, it's legal in Michigan. You you, you got you just got to be able to work with customers, be comfortable with them. Um, you know, understand that you're gonna get a little close to them as well too. Mm-hmm. You know, we gotta size them up. So, um, learning if if you don't know personal boundaries, this is a great time to learn those. Mm-hmm. Um, uh, be energetic, outgoing, and you know, just um, we want to make uh make sure that you're friendly as well too. Yeah, is this commission based now, David? I don't mean to get in your pockets, but <laughs> uh, you get in the pockets. no, but we do offer a very competitive uh, salary and we do have a um, bonuses as well for sales. Like nice. we'll typically do like uh, sales competitions. Um, I uh, recently just won a couple myself um, and you know, it's a little extra chunk of change in the pocket. Nice. Okay. Is this the type of job where you are then when you're out judging other people's suits and shit? Because you know, it's impossible. It's like a chef can't eat without <laughs> critiquing the meal. Like a chef can't dine in somewhere. Mm. Because yeah, they, yeah, I kind of, I kind of yeah. become that way every, you know, and I don't want to be like, you know, bougie like that, where it's just like, hey, oh man, man that, hey, that, 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 that guy, that guy's sleeves are just, you know, this is too, David, this is too long, David, or you know, David, never, never shame away from your bougie side, brother. It's okay, <laughs> man, because like with suits, once you learn the secrets and stuff, like I, I'm with yeah. you, David. Once I learn to look at a man's sport coat. And if he's got that one split down the back, that means your ass went to J.C. Penney and Montgomery Ward, put that suit on, and walked the fuck out. But if you got the right, if you got the proper splits on the back, normally that means that you got it tailored, or you, yep. you know, because you're supposed to get a mm-hmm. suit tailored. You ain't supposed to get it from the store and look like Steve Harvey with like the the big barrel arms. You know, how often do you deal with explaining that to people? It's like the difference between medium well. And 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 like a well done steak with like a right suit. Not as common as you think, um, mm. but uh, it's just some people, you know, they kind of they kind of come to the mentality of like, I'm going, I'm I'm buying it off the rack, and therefore it it should fit. And mm. for the the few that it does, you know, good for them. But you know, most cases you still need to get the pants hemmed up because you still want a good length. Um, you know, flooded the style right now for a lot of young guys, really? so they like that high. They like the higher. They love high up. waters. Mm-hmm. They like high water mm-hmm. skinny suits. Exactly. Um, and then I, I just say the one of the, the funniest things I ever seen is when a guy he he left the tags on his suit. You know, what oh. I mean, like, you know, like, oh. like, you know, with the with your, with your baseball cap and everything. Like, he left the tags on there. And I was just like, my man, All right. he, he, I just need a pair of scissors. Just let me, let me do you let right. Me man. You. Right, let me help, let you, me help out. you out. All right, David, last question. What is one fashion faux pas that you mm. wish men would stop doing what's the one Ooh. thing if, if there's one thing in fashion you but you're talking to all the men right now drop that dime david i would say the one thing every guy needs to learn is the difference between style and fashion mm. um fashion is going to come and go it's cyclical they always say you know what what's was what was cool now is going to be cool in 10 years whereas your style that's you so as you start building up the wardrobe whether it is with suits jeans t-shirts uh sweaters what have you as you start building up that wardrobe, you're gonna learn what fits you best, mm-hmm. and you're gonna have to kind of find that venue for yourself and go that way. So that'd be the one thing I tell guys out there is like, know what your style is and roll with it. Mm-hmm. All right. Well, this is Suit Solid. Depot outside of Detroit. How can people contact you if they want to apply for a position up that way? 
You can look it for us up on Indeed. We have our uh, listings on there for all the positions, uh, the data entry, shipping, and retail positions. Uh, you can also email our store uh, at thesuitdepot.com and check out our website at uh, thesuitdepot.com as well. Well, there it is, man. Thank David, you. thank you so much. Thank you for coming on the Hope job so. fair. Save Jacqueline in the chair by the fitting room so she can see. Big and tall <laughs> section. Big and tall section. I got you, girl. Thank I got you. you. Sign yourself. That's the show. <laughs> <Where's that for? laughs> it's a product of iHeart Paramount. I don't know what what is slow slow heat it's not even full blown summertime if you're a man over six foot one and you know how to tie an ox foot knot are you Aries are you Aries Capricorn oh David Capricorn I was gonna say it's Aries season that's what it is then you know what you know what Let's go ahead and rap real quick so David can shoot Jacqueline and do it. Yeah, quick. you can go ahead and get that work, Dave. I ain't mad at That's you, huh? <laughs>John Stewart is back in the host chair at The Daily Show, which means he's also back in our ears on The Daily Show Ears Edition podcast. You get hilarious satirical takes on entertainment, politics, sports, and more from John and the team of correspondents and contributors. The podcast also has content you can't get anywhere else, like extended interviews and a roundup of the weekly headlines. Listen to The Daily Show Ears Edition on the iHeartRadio app or wherever you get your podcasts.